I tell you, we've got, we got a lot of good people here. We've got people that, are, that, you know, turn up and just sacrifice their own time so that all of us can enjoy and be a part of this. We've got people out in the, out in the kids' rooms all looking after our children. We've got people in the car park looking after our car parks and our cars, security on, and also our good people here that greet us and make everything work. So I just want to um, ask that when you see them today, just say thank you. It goes a long way just to appreciating them. Amen. Richard. Oh, I think it's mine. Oh. You're going to bless it. Oh. Okay. Father, we just thank you for all the tithes and the offerings, Lord, that has come into this house today. Father, we just pray that as it comes in, let each and every giver that gave this morning, Father, that you'd multiply it back to them. That, Father God, you'd meet every financial need this year. That 2015 would be a good year for them, full of favor, full of blessing, full of opportunities. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that the enemy cannot stop what you have already given to them. So we thank you, Father God, right now, and may this all that has come in, Lord, may it go towards your work into the saving of souls. Amen. Amen. All right. We've only got a short time. We want to keep to time. Hello. So this morning, I really just want to encourage us. I know that we stand at the beginning of 2015. 2014 was in the past. All we can do with 2014 is reflect. Reflect on our decisions that we made on our good choices and our not-so-good choices. But as we all enter into 2015, most of us contemplate what will 2015 be? And then we start to make plans towards that. And that's a good thing. But I want us to not stop doing that, but I want us to also include one other thing. And that other thing is never forget God's plan for us. Because in John 3.16, we all know this verse, well, most of us should know it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that in whomsoever shall believe in him shall have eternal life. And it carries on after that to talk about that in Christ there's no condemnation. But what I want us to really take a hold of this morning is when you plan, plan not just what we're going to do with finances, what we're going to do with relationships, what we're going to do with this part of our life, what we're going to do with that part of our life. But let's plan what has God, what does God have for us. You know, God doesn't start every year like we start. God doesn't get to the beginning of the year and then say, okay, now I need to work a new plan. Now I need to take an account of what's happened and see if I need to correct some stuff. God's plan is the same yesterday, today and forever. And what is his plan? He so loved the world that he sowed his seed, his son. What for? For salvation. Salvation, salvation, salvation. Salvation is on God's mind 24-7. Finances is not on his mind. Healing is not on his mind. You know, what am I going to, how am I going to provide for this? That's not on his mind. His mind is always on salvation, rescuing people. He has all of the other stuff. And as Linda testified today, all we have to do is just step out. Give a little. God can do the rest. So let's not think of 2015 as breaking it into our own little 
separate categories and saying, well, this is the plan we're going to do for this bit and this is the plan and if I get to the end of 2015 and I've ticked off some boxes, I've achieved stuff. Because actually, we've got a whole world that's walking past us. God is more interested in us not ticking boxes and getting into relationship with people and helping them achieve stuff and inviting them to know him than us ticking off our lists. See, my wife is up in Gisborne. She's been up there for about, oh, what, a couple of weeks now? And she leaves lists. I don't know whether other people know about the lists. But oh, my goodness. So I've been coming back to work while they've been up on holiday. And every time I come back, you know, she left me this big list. And so when she gets home, the list needs to be ticked. But if you're smart enough, so we'll stop the recording. If you're smart enough, all you do is you do the major jobs and you take everything else off. And then when she comes back, she starts to look at what it is. All the main ones are done, therefore the rest must be done. But we always know that that isn't the truth. It isn't until over a bit of time when she starts to look around that she starts to say, oh, hang on, I noticed that isn't done and that isn't done and that isn't done. And I think that's what we can do. We can actually get into a mode where we have our list and say we're ticking off the main things that we want to achieve, but we actually miss the gold and the gold that God has for us. And that gold is to love, love people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? So that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the gold, not all the other things that are around it. You know, there's a story here in the Bible. Now, Jesus, Jesus was a master at the old oratorial language. And he, used to, he always used um, what they call allegories. Now, allegories is, there's a literal meaning. So, so you can tell a narrative and, or, your, or a story. There's the literal meaning and then there is the symbolic meaning. So Jesus always taught literally. But everyone knew that it was actually about the symbolical meaning that he was actually um, teaching on. And so there's a quick story. I won't read all of it, otherwise it will take up our last five minutes. Our reading's a bit slow. But it goes on and it says um, that there was a certain man and he set out a great supper because there was going to be a marriage. And what he did was he sent all of his servants out and he sent his servants out to all over the kingdom and he said, go out and tell them, come to the wedding, come to this marriage, I've got a feast, they're all invited. And so all of his servants were keen. They were like, woohoo, that's a good message, I can take that out there. And next thing you know, as they started to take that message out, people started to turn around and say, I'm not interested. Why? Because I haven't ticked off my boxes yet. So I'm busy on this and I'm busy on that and I still haven't achieved this in my life. And as the servants went through to proclaim this big feast, they were struck with people who had lists. And those lists were where their focus was at. And because their focus was on those lists, they actually missed what they could have been invited to. And so the servants come back, they're all a bit disheartened. Oh, paraphrasing. 
Oh, don't follow, don't even want to come. And then he, and then the master turns around and says, bye, bye, bye. And he says, I'll tell you what, instead of going to those people, go into the highways and the byways, into the marketplaces, into the places where a lot of people won't go. Go there, invite those people in. And so the servants go out. And as they go out, they start inviting people. Why? Because that's what's on the heart of God. People. 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 And so as they started to invite them, and as they started to invite them, what was the purpose? So that the house would be full. And I believe that this year is the year that really it's going to come down to hard work. It's going to come down to knowing who you are in Christ. Who I am in Christ. And the greatest thing that happened in the the greatest thing that happened in the garden was the attack on their identity. And as soon as the serpent was able to remove Adam and Eve's identity, he was able to remove their relationship. One more allegory or parable in the Bible talks about the talents. Now we all have talents. But the story is interesting. <clears throat> it's interesting because it says that one person got five talents, one got two talents, and one got one talent. What's interesting about the story is why did, the, why did one person get five and they all didn't get five? And yet if you read through that story, it's very easy. You can easily pick it out on a natural level and say, oh, that person was good at business, or that person was good at op- seeing opportunities and going for it. And then you go to the next one who got the two talents and you say, well, you know, they were probably starting out on the property ladder, so they had a few things going for them, a bit of nous, a bit of people around them that could feed into them, that could uh, give them a bit of idea and help. And then it gets to the guy with the one talent who just goes and buries it. And so we think, oh, bad fella, that fella. And yet, when we look back at the story, the story really is not about how much each person got. The story is actually about the relationship each person had with the person who gave the talents. How many of us here would go and give $1,000 to someone that you mm, don't really know, but you think, okay, I'm going to give it to you and you go and invest it and make me some money. Or would you go to someone who you've built a relationship with that you have known them for quite some time and that you've seen the fruit in their life because that's what the Bible says, we'll know them by their fruit and then you'd, you'd be more inclined to give the money to that person than to the other one. And I think this year, for all of us, it's going to come down to relationship. Relationship with the Father, relationship with the Word, His Son, and relationship with the Holy Spirit who represents him here upon this earth. And the more relationship we have with him, the more we can be entrusted. See, there's a difference between trust and trustworthy. Someone, you can trust someone by keep them at arm's length. But someone who's trustworthy, you tend to keep close. 
parents know this. You can trust the parent, you can trust another parent with your children to do certain things with them. But then it's like my ex-sister-in-law. I can talk about her because she's ex. But what would happen is every time she turned up, my wife would always keep our children close. She trusted her in certain things when we were around with our children, but she did not trust her by the water. Why? Because she would want to take our kids for a swim. As soon as our kids got there, she'd be distracted. And we're like, well, that doesn't happen. Children, things can happen to children in an instant. And so you've always got to be on the watch. And so I believe that this year, 2015, is really going to be about our relationship with Christ. You know, his will hasn't changed. His will is still to love people, to bring them to salvation, so that they will live in eternity with us. Everything else that's along the way is to help that mission statement. So if we're getting finances, oh, amen, bring it on. But don't let the finances move us away off task and think, oh, now that I'm starting to get a bit of wealth, oh, I can do some cool things with my family now. And oh, we can go on holiday and oh, we can do all these things. That stuff is good. As long as that finances also is feeding back into the kingdom to advance the gospel, to get the message back out. And what is the message? Christ came for you and I so that we may have life and life in abundance, not only on this earth, but in eternity. The only thing that will stop us from reaching that is when we take our eyes off our true purpose, which is to love people into the kingdom, and we put it back onto the law. And the law will always say, you need to change. You're not good enough. I need to separate myself from you. Why? Because I'm, I'm just too good and you're too bad. Because in the Bible it talks about two laws. One is the law of the spirit and one is the law of the flesh. The law of the flesh is always about the lust. Lust for power, lust for position, lust for this, lust for that. Lust for acceptance. The law of the spirit is love. Love people. Love them, love them, love them. And then they turn around and they do something to you. What are you supposed to do? Because it's in that very moment that we can easily walk away and turn our backs and say, no, you are not worth it. But is that the real message of the gospel? The real message of the gospel is that person is worth it. Just like I was worth it, you were worth it, and everyone else out there is worth it. That's why when I caught up with Pastor Norm, that's why he said he goes up to Rhythm and Vines every year, that he gets his whole church involved, whether they're down at the one in town or whether they're at the one up in the hills. It's because every person is worth it. Every single person is worth it. And as soon as we neglect that which is our core position of loving people, pretty much we move into judgment. And when we move into judgment, we're placing people under the law and we're viewing them not as Christ viewed them, but we're viewing them as we start ranking. Are you good enough? Are you worth my time? Are you worth my resources?
So I just want to encourage you this year, as we all start off, make the lists, plan for the future, but don't get off track. Always return back to that one statement, for God so loved the world. Amen? So, Hashem, I to come back up. You know, in the past, I used to go to uh, Pastor Norm's church every New Year's Day, or, or every time they had the first service. And I talked with a lot of people, and a lot of people would always turn up, and the one thing that they were always after was what would this year, or whatever the year was, hold for them. And, and, and I sort of used to listen to that and think, actually, that's a good question. What does this year hold for me? And then one day, I heard the Holy Spirit turn around and say, why should this year be any different? If I'm still out there sending you to save souls, if, I'm, if my word has changed and I said I'll still bless you and I'll still be with you and I'll still multiply everything you put your hand to, why do you always come looking for a new word on a new, at a new time in the season? The seasons don't change. In God, there's one season for God, and that's eternity, that's saving souls, that's doing the work with the Holy Spirit. Our natural seasons change, and I think that's where we get caught up in. We get caught up in thinking, well, it's winter, well, it's spring, well, it's this, I should go on holiday, I should do this, I should do that. But actually, God is the same. And I think once we start to focus back on that, that God is the same, whether you're on holiday, you should be outreaching. You should be sharing the gospel. You should be sharing your resources. Whether it's in winter and people are cold, it's another opportunity to go around and bless them with, like our brother over here, our brother and sister who blessed uh, some people with firewood in the winter. You know, hey, they have hangies in the summer. Wood is still good for hangies. It doesn't matter what season we may be in, as long as we remember that God's season is the same. Salvation. Love people, salvation, love people. And the day that we turn away from that is the day that actually we get caught up in our lists. So this morning I want to encourage you, have your lists, but don't get caught up in them. If you've got finances and you're thinking, well, this is going to all be for the holiday that's coming up, you'll always miss the people around you, the gold that is sitting, the purpose that God has for you. But if you can take a little bit out of that holiday say you know what I'm just going to step aside bless this person love on them let them know that they're valued and appreciated God has the holiday all ready sorted it's amazing how many people go away on holiday and get upgrades they get things that are just given to them right at the last minute and it's the same in all areas of our life so this morning please I encourage you look at 2015 not as what is God going to do for me but look at 2015 as I need to do something for God and I need to release my resources I have in my family or in my hands to love on others with Hawksbury has got the worst statistics for crime for people leaving this side of the of life we're the answer we're the solution. 
in finishing, I remember that we had these meetings out the back. So we had six meetings in a row. And one of the strongest themes that came out of those meetings was one thing, authentic relationship. What does authentic relationship mean? That we're going to have to get out of our own little self-centered little world. We're going to have to step out and we're going to have to engage people. Oh my goodness, that's starting to sound like the gospel. Get out of our world, our own little